Hello and welcome to Connected episode 225. It is brought to you this week by ExpressVPN, Hover, and Zola. I am your host, Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined by Mike Hurley. Oh, hi. I wasn't expecting to be first. I was like stretching my neck, so hello. I mean, it's a one and two shot, right? I don't, ha- I don't have an order, I just was, whoever... No, no, you definitely favor Federico. That's true in other ways. <laughs> I, we're done with you. Hi, hi, Federico. Hello and welcome to 2019. This is your co-host, Federico Vitici. <laughs> hi, Steven. <laughs> we're, we're back. It's been a while, I feel like, since we recorded. We had our... Our year-end review episode go up, but we recorded that a little bit early. So it's been like three weeks or something since uh, we've talked in the context of this show. So I'm excited to be back with you all today. Yeah, we finally settled Federico's contract dispute, and we're back. <laughs> if people mm-hmm. were like, last week, they're like, where are you? I was like, we, we announced like three times we were taking the week off. But we took the week off, and now we're no, back. They just miss you, man. I know, I guess so. But we're back, and we're going to start with follow-up. Follow-up from sometime last year. I don't remember what the context is for this, so I'm just going to read what past Stephen wrote in the Google document. Waterproof earbuds do exist. Kyle's the Gray reminded us about the Jaybird's uh, Pro, their Terra Pro, their waterproof like in-ear workout headphone things. Um, I'd heard of Jaybird. I didn't realize they had a waterproof model, which is super cool if you're all sweaty and and sore like Federico is. I have no memory for the context of this. I'm looking at the webpage. They have Epic Endurance. Um, That's epic. Which is, uh, you, you want to have that. So, uh, I mean, cool. But why are we talking about this? I don't know. I think we wanted the AirPods <laughs> to be water resistant maybe. And someone uh-huh. said, oh, there's no such thing as, I don't know. Yeah, Anyways, see, this, they exist. This is strange because I know that, that waterproof headphones exist. Because I don't know. I was looking them up once because, like, I wonder if I could get uh, earbuds for swimming. So I, mm. it, so I'd like, but it's it's a super difficult thing to do. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, that's there. More important follow up though is that we won an upgradey. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! I won my hey. own award finally. Yeah, well, I mean, so I listened to so the, the Upgrade is for, for those who may not be familiar. Every year, Jason and Mike over on Upgrade uh, award trophies. Um, I'm still waiting for mine in the mail, by the way. That's not true. No, there's never been a promise of a trophy. Well, I just sort of assumed since I give trophies for things that you would follow suit. But they, you guys uh, give awards to like the your favorite apps, the best apps in a bunch of categories and a bunch of media. And we won for favorite tech podcast for 2018. Uh, thank you, Upgradians, for voting for us. It was really awesome. And uh, just for this one special episode, we're going to use the Upgrady artwork for the show art to lord it over the other tech podcasts that didn't win. But then we'll go yep. back mm-hmm. to our normally scheduled show art. I do feel the need for people that don't listen to Upgrade and don't know what the Upgradies is to wonder why I gave myself an award. Like I just, I feel like I need to clear this up. So it's because you can. The upgrade is it includes mine and Jason's votes on things, but we also have a popular vote of the listeners. Um, and mm. Connected won the popular vote, and it was also Jason's nomination. So based upon that, uh, I not so humbly accepted the award. One of one of the few instances where the popular vote actually. Works. Yes, okay. where it's, where it's <laughs> correct and so, everyone can agree you, on upgradients. it. Thank <laughs> <Hey. laughs> uh, we, we also have some, some follow-up about 
Air Power. Uh, listeners may remember that some time ago we made Air Power predictions. I'm just going to go over what each of us predicted. Federico said it, it would come out before the iPhones. He was false. Uh, Mike and I said after the iPhones. Maybe false, maybe true, we don't know, but Air Power made it another whole year without being introduced. I didn't but, say which iPhone. I didn't say which iPhone might have been the iPhone 11. <laughs> but like, Because here's the thing. The reason I brought this in is because I think the episode before our year in review episode or on the year in review episode, Federico was still standing strong that it might happen before the end of 2018. Because <laughs> these were listed in our document as 2018 air power predictions. So I figure at this point, we can just put this to rest that nobody won. Because they didn't come out in 2018. But what's more interesting to me is that Apple didn't kill it at the end of the year. You know, like you could bury bad news on a Friday at the end of the year. Like that's kind of what companies do, right? They, they scuttle you stuff. You don't need to say something's dead if you just decide never to talk about it again. I mean, that's true. That's true. That may be what Apple's doing here. This is such like unknown territory because this just doesn't happen with Apple. They don't announce things that, that don't happen very often. I, I, I'm not making a prediction, but my personal feeling is that it's dead. I don't think we're ever going to see it. I don't think we're ever going to see it. I think it's still coming. I remain optimistic. I, I had a thought today. I had a thought about this today. The what I think the reason I think that we're never going to see this product is because there isn't even any concrete leaks to say that it's not happening, which tells me that it is so early in production that like the the group of people that are working on it are so small that it is so far away from ever even being a close point of getting out there that we're never going to see it. Like, it's not breaking out of, like, the indu- the close industrial design group, right? Like, that's kind of my imagination of this. And if and so if only those people know about it, it never got far at all, which means we'll probably never see it. That's kind of my, my headcanon on this. Hmm. It's good. Because there aren't, it, there's no, there's no big rumors. Like no one's got anything. There's just be like, oh, I heard from this person who heard from this person that it was not going to happen. But no one's got anything close to like a report on it. Let alone leaked hardware from China, right? Like just noth- total silence. But Federico, you're still holding out hope. It sounds like. Yeah, I think it's coming eventually. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the the reasonable take would be what Mike is saying that it's probably dead and the the lack of leaks is uh, definitely a sign that points in that direction but i don't know why i want to remain optimistic maybe because i just i cannot imagine apple just canceling a product and like it never happened but maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i'm not i don't know i remain optimistic 80 percent optimistic um is my wow. is my ratio here 80 percent optimistic on air power <laughs> bullish mm-hmm Oh, yeah. we, we don't have to introduce that word to our show. Mm-hmm. Or bearish. I don't know. <laughs> What's the difference between bullish and bearish? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, I've been meaning to talk about this forever. Why do people use these words? Can you, like, I, I assume it's because the, the bull charges you, whereas the bear uh, is more uh, protective. All right, so bearish is characterized by or associated with falling share prices, and bullish is aggressively confident and self-assertive characterized by rising share prices. So bearish is prices going down, 
bullish、okay. is price is going up. So if you're bearish on something, you think it's bad, and if you're bullish on something,、mm. you think it's good or that it will improve over time. I'm not a hundred percent sure why you would choose these two animals. It it is.、Uh, I, I want to say it's because the the bull,、uh, like, is all excited. But like a bear will charge at you. Like, yeah, a bear will like tear your arms out. It's like, I feel like you need a timid animal. Like you, it's otterish or something. <laughs> I'm otterish on apple stuff.、No, no, I feel like maybe the, maybe the bear, <laughs> maybe the bear, like the, the the image, the classic image of the bear waiting by the river to catch a salmon. Maybe you know, right? But that's like, but that bear at that moment is like patient, ready to strike. But bearish means that like it's just all going bad, right? It's, it's waiting for the bear is waiting for the salmon to go down. Yeah, and just like he waits for the stock to go down. Wow, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's exactly why they called it that. <laughs> the exact analogy. Wait,、uh, do salmons actually go upstream though? So it doesn't work.、Uh, the analogy. No, upstream is part of a different podcast. That's、yeah. not us. Mm. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of that other podcast, finally moved past this. We have some follow out.、Uh, I wanted to point people to a great segment, actually the upstream segment on this week's upgrade about Apple TV services coming to Samsung TVs, AirPlay Two, etc. We're going to talk a little bit about this later in this episode, but I think、uh, Jason and the other guy on that show did a great job,、uh, kind of walking through this news as it was breaking and. Putting it in a context that again we're going to talk a little bit about later, but I wanted to point it out here,、uh, here at the beginning. Are they bullish on it? Bullish. I'm very bullish uh, uh, on、stop. TVs, <laughs> but bearish on my choices of TVs, which we'll talk about a little later on. Okay. All right. I want to ask you why. Okay. There's a podcast that I'm bullish about, which is Mac Power Users. Stephen's first Mac Power Users went up、uh, earlier on this week. It's a very good episode.、Um, I'm. Very proud of Stephen. Very excited for the future of Mac Power users because、uh, this was a great first episode of it. So people should go and check it out.、Um, and also, do you want to talk about your live show? Yes. So Saturday, March second, we are going to be doing a live Mac Power users in Chicago. So if you made it to Upgrade、uh, Live back in the fall, it's going to be a similar type deal. But David and I are going to be doing、uh, the first live MPU in a really long time. So we're super excited about that. There's a link in the show notes if you want to grab tickets.、Um, I would go ahead and, and do that sooner rather than later. They're going at a pretty good clip, but we would love to to see you out there as we as we take MPU on the road. It's gonna be fun. It's one 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 stop on that road, but it yeah, it's the just、road. the the one a road. Yeah, it's like a curb. <laughs> it's not even a, it's like a <laughs> section of road. <laughs> And while we're in the Stephen on podcast section of of、uh, follow out,、um, Stephen was on the、uh, Stolman podcast. We spoke about Tyler Stolman a few weeks ago、uh, when talking about kind of、uh, photo comparisons、uh, between the、mm-hmm. iPhones now and the iPhones prior to the ten. Right, I think it was、mm-hmm. like seven and ten、mm-hmm. S or something like that, and the HDR. Uh, it's a very very good episode talking about the death of blogging, basically, which I I'm about seventy five percent way through it, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> it kind of that's kind of what it's about, though. Like, but it's like the death of traditional blogging monetization and the difficulty of trying to create new things today、uh, and make money from them. And next week, Tyler is actually going to be joining us on this show、uh, because he offered to give us a crash course in photo editing. Which is something that me and Federico both want, 
I don't know if Stephen. I think Stephen's probably better at this than than the two of us. Mm. But I, it's something that I want because I've been playing around with apps like Dark Room and stuff like that. So yeah. Tyler's going to come on the show and one of the segments of next week's episode is going to be talking all about photo editing and hopefully especially on iOS. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We've all seen the stories in the media lately about online security breaches. So it's only natural to worry about your data, especially when something as simple as an email could put your private information at risk. Chances are you're already being tracked by social media sites, marketing companies, and possibly even your ISP, because they can record your browsing history and sell that information to people who want to profit from your info. But the good news is you can take back your privacy with ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. And you can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. The easy-to-use app runs seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, or tablet and costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Look, if you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. I've been using it now for a while, and I can tell you it's much faster than the previous VPN I was using the old one, I could always tell I was going through a VPN, and it's like it always felt sluggish. ExpressVPN is really quick, and its app integrates really well. So like in iOS, you just turn the VPN switch on in settings. You don't even have to launch their app to get connected securely. If you don't want your online history in the hands of your ISP or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today and find out how you get three months free with a one-year package at expressvpn.com slash connected. That's expressvpn.com slash connected for three extra months with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash connected to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Connected and all of Relay FM. So as promised, we are going to make our 2019 predictions. Just a few episodes ago, we went over our 2018 Predictions. I don't remember who won. It's not important. I did. Uh, I, I think there wasn't a winner. That's what my memory tells me. There was a winner. Three-way tie. Yeah. Three-way tie. Three-way tie. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go over the rules real quick before we move into this. Uh, the order is set by the number of points awarded in the previous year. So we've taken care of that. To earn any points for a pick, everything written down in the document must come true. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two rounds. No half points. All full points. And the risky picks round. This is a special one. Two points will be awarded for correct picks in this round. If your risky pick is wrong, you lose a point. And all three of us, the two other hosts, have agreed that the picks are risky. So we've done this in advance. So anything in here we all agree is risky enough for this category. So those are the rules, and Federico, you were somewhat obnoxiously the winner, so why don't you start? <laughs> All right. I will start. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought you didn't remember who was the winner. Anyway, it's, it, it um, comes and goes when you get older, you know? <laughs> feel bad for you. Um, all right, so first prediction of 2019. I think there will be, we will see the launch of a new Apple News subscription service. Um, to get 
access to content from select publications in Apple News. Um, this may be the direct follow-up to the acquisition of Texture, or it may be something completely new. Anyway, I think Apple will introduce a new option to subscribe to magazines and other publications, websites, all kinds of sources in Apple News. I don't know uh, if it will be available internationally or if it will launch just in the United States and other countries, but I think it's something that Apple wants to do. Um, I think all signs are pointing to Apple wanting to launch more services in 2019. I mean, <laughs> Tim Cook said as much yesterday in an interview, and I think one of them will be um, one of them will be in Apple News. I would love for this service to actually be international and, and for Apple to launch um, subscriptions that grant you access to Italian publications, for example, or French publications, all kinds of sources in Apple News. But this I don't know. I will just say that my prediction is a new Apple News subscription service in 2019. Would you also want um, this to be a thing like as, as a publisher that you could go in for? I don't think it works necessarily for Mac stories. Um, I, and I think I pretty much follow the same argument that Jason had on a few episodes ago of, of Upgrade um, for our kind of um, niche website. I very much prefer to control the, um, you know, all the members that we have that get access to extra content in the form of, of a newsletter. I don't think the... I will be able to make as much money if I were to do a revenue split program yep. with Apple over Apple News. So not for me. I could see why websites with millions and millions of readers and subscribers potentially may be interested in this kind of program because at that point, it you know you, you reach an economy of scale. And so even if you have a small revenue split, it kind of works out for you because you, you still get, I don't know, a couple million dollars from people who would have would have not paid anything. So at that point, if you're the New York Times or, I don't know, Vox or, you know, other big websites, it kind of makes sense for you, but not for me personally. So um, I just want to use it as a reader. You see, I think that, like, therein lies the issue of why this might not launch because mm -hmm. the thing about the economy of scale might work out for some people, but if you're the New York Times, right, and you're included in this, like, yeah, you might get a little bit of extra money because of all the people that don't subscribe to you that read mm -hmm. your articles. But what happens to your subscribers? Like, if you subscribe to the New York Times for $5 a month or whatever, and then Apple comes along with their service, and it's $5 a month, and you get everything, why would you keep mm -hmm. your New York Times subscription? Oh, you wouldn't. Exactly. And and I think that's the issue that Apple is going to face if, like, convincing actual worthwhile, like, big names. Because mm -hmm. you can have a bunch of small names and that would be great because you'll, like, aggregate a bunch of stuff. But you've got to have some big names in there to sell it to people. And yeah. I think that they may struggle to get that. Like, in the same way that they struggled to get all the TV deals that they wanted when they unveiled the Apple TV, the one with all the apps on it. Yeah. Um yeah, that's definitely a concern and I um and I get why it may be problematic to look at this prediction and say, well, will it actually make sense even for those big websites? Mm -hmm. Uh but I still think Apple wants to try this. Yes. Um if it can convince those some publishers to try this, 
Um, so my prediction is not about whether or not it'll be successful or whether nope. or not it will contain all of the websites that we would like to see in there, just that Apple will launch this service um, in 2019. I think it's a good prediction because I think it's something that they want to do, right? They spent all that money yeah. on that company. Reg- regardless of how successful it will be eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Stephen, you are up. All right, my first prediction is that the Mac Pro will ship by the end of 2019, and I will waffle on sticking with my iMac Pro. I'm just being honest with myself this year. What do you mean you will waffle? What does that mean? So I have said that the iMac Pro... Like the things that you eat? Yeah, I've said that the iMac Pro is the machine for me, but I think I will be sorely tempted by the Mac Pro, and I will question... I'm actually considering making a pick of my own to be that Stephen will buy a Mac Pro. <laughs> then he will take it back and get an iMac Pro. He will not stick to and your And then iMac six Pro. months later, we'll get another Mac Pro. That's probably what I think will happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he always does. He always it's does like it. he buys one model yep. and it's like, mm, I'm not so sure, so sure about it. <laughs> and then takes it back. But then like a few months later ends up like so like when he bought the MacBook Pro then took it back, mm. then bought a different size of the MacBook Pro, <laughs> yeah. then got rid of that and used an old MacBook Pro, then got rid of that and used the current one. Right? I got that mm-hmm. timeline correct. That's a, It's hard to tell, really. <laughs> we no, keep track of these things. Right? Your your memory is not, yeah. not present for this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Apple, Apple has said it's a... 2019 product i believe them i this is not did part they say of 2019 or did they say not 2018 i don't remember no no anymore. they said on the second time they said 2019 product okay okay yeah. so my this is not part of my prediction but my gut says it'll follow the imac pro schedule announced at wbdc released at the end of the year 100 uh, yeah you know i think that, i think that's but my pick is it will it ships by the end of the year and i will have a hard time deciding what to do <laughs> <laughs> Your prediction is it will ship by the end of 2019 and you will have a hard time choosing or it ships by the end of the year and you will stick with the iMac Pro? Uh, that I will have a, a, a difficult decision in front of me. This so, if the, so if the Mac Pro comes out before the end of 2019 and it's so awesome and you're like, no, I'm going to buy this immediately. Does that invalidate your I, prediction? I think we need to do the Stephen Waffling thing as a not graded thing because yeah. okay. you could like not want it, but say like, oh, I'm not sure to get a point, you, right? You cannot okay. predict feelings. Yes. Okay, um. all right. Then I'm putting in parentheses, <laughs> not graded, yeah. I waffle and sticking okay. with my iMac Pro. I think it's good okay. to have in there so we can we can refer back to that later on, right? But yeah. uh, I think that, yeah, that... I believe you're completely right that it will ship by the end of 2019. Yes. I rec- I am mm-hmm. also in agreement that like it, they will show it off in June. That thing could be ready to ship in May, but showing it off any earlier would be a mistake, right? You put that on stage at WWDC. People are going to go crazy. Prefer- <laughs> well, gonna... people will have a lot of feelings. Yeah. It is unknown what those feelings will be. Yeah. If it's the first R Mac, then people may feel differently. Well, but it's like what 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 Apple consider modular might not be what everyone thinks modular is supposed to be, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. So like uh, that's the big uh, problem. Yeah, yeah. So that's we'll see. That's my that's my pick, Mike. What about you? I'm surprised uh, I got to this one because I was the last to put my predictions in, and neither of you had picked this. And I feel like maybe you just left it for me because it feels like a, a lock. Apple will launch a subscription service featuring original video content in 2019. Uh, I got burned by that last time. Right, so but that's why because you were too it. soon. Like, mm. 2019 is the time, 
right? Like, mm-hmm. just look at look at the TVs. Look at the CES TVs. There's point one. Uh, the other thing is just like it is the time. 2019 is the time. A point can't be the thing that you said. <laughs> I mean, so my question is: they have signed all these contracts with content yep. people. Some yep. of them pretty recently. So I guess like the begin the the earlier of those, we'll start seeing content towards the end of 2019. All I mean, of stuff the they stuff signed three that months they've ago. Signed is not going to be 2019 shows. Okay. Like this is like a rolling right. stuff. But like, okay. we will start to see the first shows in 2019. Perfect. Uh, with with the launch okay. of their subscription service. Yeah. Do you do you think do you think they're going to bring back Planet of the Apps like for like a season two? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them, but it feels like it would be a bit of a mistake to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it would so bad. All right. Mike, this is not graded, yeah. but I want to know from you what you think about two things. First, the name of the service, and if you think it will also have back catalog stuff in addition to new original video content. No back catalog. No back catalog? Because no one will okay. sell it to them. Um, and I think it will be called Apple TV. Okay. Yeah, I think right. this is going to be an original content thing, and you might get something. I don't know. You might get some, like iTunes rentals or whatever, I don't know. But I can't see a back catalog um, in this, which is why I think that they've been so aggressive with the amount of stuff that they're signing because no one will sell mm. them a back catalog. And the, the reason, I, I mean, honestly, I hope there is one because it makes the whole thing a little bit more uh, tantalizing. But I can't imagine who would sell Apple their content. Yeah. Because all of the big studios are building their own services anyway, so they don't need it. And then when yeah. you've got companies like Stars or whatever, one, Netflix will do everything that they possibly can to keep that content, as will Amazon. Yes. And I firmly believe, and like the reason Apple have had to start making their own content, is that the TV and film industry does not want Apple to do to them what Apple did to the music industry. Yep. Like, own mm-hmm. it. And so I think that that's why it was so difficult in the first place for Apple to do an over-the-top TV service, which is what this was always supposed to be, I think. Like, the mm. Apple TV was supposed to be, like, your cable box now, right? And everything was just through apps because the future of TV was apps. But it turns out now the future of TV is original content, and that's what Apple's yeah. making. So. so I was thinking about this uh, a few days ago in the context of um, Sylvia and I are watching a comedy um, original TV show on Netflix, and I am personally watching Jack Ryan on, on Amazon Prime Video. What show are you watching on Netflix? Oh, it's, it's a stupid no, come silly on, tell comedy us. to watch before sleep. It's called... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I mean, okay, so the cast is actually pretty decent um it's called the ranch and it's a comedy with ashton kutcher and and sam elliott oh the ranch yeah i've seen this all right okay you like it yeah it's stupid fun okay um it's it's not um it's it's a com it's a stupid sitcom um you know yeah pretty much like in the style of what ashton has done before so um but i was thinking about the fact that by the end of 2019 it seems realistic that I will be paying for um, four different um, yeah. streaming services: uh, Netflix, Prime Video, Apple, and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. If it launches in Italy, um, which I think it's a it's it's a very interesting scenario. Like how different all of this is evolving, comparing to what happened to the music industry. And you might be doing Warner too, man. Warner Media. That's got HBO and stuff. That that will mm. be your fifth one. Especially if they do what I think they'll do, which is eventually a Harry Potter television show. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. There would be five because they're doing. Yeah, I wanna I wanna have access to HBO. So yeah, mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. This is so, it. Like you know, the 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 dream of this stuff was that we could get rid of like cable subscriptions. We're just replacing all of that money and then some. That's all that's happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at adding like the Xfinity Instant TV and like comparing that versus YouTube TV and the Hulu stuff. Uh, right now, it's like, why don't I just pay for cable? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go the other I way. Everything. <laughs> say, what do you call somebody who is who has never had cable oh. then buys it for the first time? A <laughs> a cord, um, a cord, um, uh, a cord uh, no. tire, cord, cord um, I don't know, cord buyer. Yeah, cord, there you go. Um, yeah, there you go. You just buy cord, the cord. Gluer. glue it. I don't know. You, yeah. uh, but it was never caught though. <laughs> um, that was the problem. Yeah. Mm. Cord, cord man yeah there you go cord uh, man lives again Stephen Ackett is the cord man once again there's <laughs> <laughs> wire man before I think oh Jason just sent me a message cord connector hi Jason Snell oh, oh that's good that's, that's very nice um, I was thinking about um, a few days ago uh, like I, I was thinking about all these services and I was like maybe uh, instead of paying like 50 euros a month on five different platforms not right now but in a few months maybe i should just buy you know sky mm-hmm. like um satellite tv and i get access to 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 con to the content that is also available on streaming right, services but, yeah but, but then you're again, not gonna get netflix original content you're not gonna get prime shows or apple shows exactly. they know this right like that's why netflix started doing this i'm not getting the originals and also, I need to wait before they launch in Italy. Yes. Like, there's there's going to be a small delay, even if it's just a few weeks. I don't want to wait a few weeks while everybody's watching Mr. Robot mm-hmm. or something. So, if you want to watch TV shows and be in tune with, you know, new episodes and talking about it with friends, and you want to get access to originals, the only solution is to pay. Otherwise, the, the other solution is to pirate those services, but I don't want to do that anymore. So it's become so much easier to pay. It's just it's just an expense that I gotta account for because this is where things are going now, and um, there's nothing we can do about it. Nope. I suppose. Uh, round two. Yes. All right. So I think in 2019, iOS, and not seeing which version, gets a tabbed Windows for the lack of a better or proper name feature that apps can implement. So by tabbed windows, I refer to the ability to have the same app showing you two different areas of content, similar to how Safari can show you two web web pages at once, two tabs at once. I think we will get the ability for apps to show you and to open multiple views. Um, I don't know what the design will look like. I don't know what the interaction will look like. Will you get the ability to uh, have tabs at the top of the title bar, like on a Mac? I don't know. Uh, My prediction is about the ability to do things like in Apple Mail, show me two messages at once, or in Notes, show me two notes at once. The ability to have the same app open multiple documents or multiple views. I do, think, do you think okay. do you think that they could be separated so I could have a note paired with mail in sort of one multitasking view and another multitasking view have notes and safari or you're saying these things would always be married just multiple views I don't I don't want to I don't want to grade that um okay 
but I, I, I don't <laughs> but think... But what do you think, off the record? But, but I think, <laughs> but off the record, uh, I think you will not get the ability to split them up across different app combinations. Um, I think it'll just be inside the same app you get to open multiple views. But it's not like you can say this view... I want to combine it with Safari or this view, I want to combine it with Mail. I mean, I would personally love that, but I don't think Apple wants to do it. I mean, I would be so happy if they did, but I I don't have a lot of faith in that. It it seems like tabs next to each other could be step one, and then step two down the road is you can shuffle those tabs into different screens. Maybe, yeah. um, Who knows? I, I think this would be awesome. I know... And like Mavericks or something, OS Mac OS added this to everything. So like in Pages, you can have tabs and number, you know, like all these apps, you can have tabs like you do in the browser. I don't use it a ton on the Mac, but it's one of those things that when I do, it's like exactly the right solution. And I really like it. I use it in a Safari really often if I'm like in this, the Relay CMS or like WordPress on my site or on, on your site and like have a browser open elsewhere maybe i'm previewing or maybe i'm like copying like text or something it's just so helpful and so many other ios apps would benefit from it i really hope you're right about this one i really yeah. do yeah and uh, i was just doing my taxes today and i wanted i really wanted I'm to sorry. show that yeah i wanted to to view two spreadsheets in numbers at the same time I was like, well, you cannot do it on the iPad unless you do some stupid tricks like um, open the spreadsheet with quick-looking mail or something and then put numbers on the side. But I want to actually have numbers show me two documents and I cannot do that. Yeah, just last night I needed two Google Sheets. So I opened Google Sheets on my phone <laughs> and my iPad. Oh, no. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was nothing else I could do. Don't you have like five iPads in the house? Yeah, it wasn't in the same room. And I, needed I, I did that today. I had the, the, the main iPad Pro in numbers and the 11-inch on, on another page. Oh, yeah, so. we need to talk about it. No, we haven't spoken no, about it yet. No, I don't want to talk about it today. Next week. <laughs> he keeps just saying that. It's like, next week, next week. Next episode, we'll talk about it. Promised. Okay. I'm putting that in the doc at the top. Okay. It's a prediction. My next pick is that the MacBook Pro with no touch bar, dubbed the MacBook Escape, will will just kind of go away Ooh, in 2019. Man, that's where, a, that's where, where does it go? It stops being sold. Okay. It goes away. Okay. I think that Apple meant for that machine to be the MacBook Air replacement, but people didn't like it, and it didn't hit a price point they wanted to hit and it was too close to the MacBook Pro and it sort of felt like a cheap machine because it didn't have the touch bar. I just think it didn't do what Apple wanted to do and it has it didn't get updated in 2018 while the other MacBook Pros did. There is now a new MacBook Air at effectively the same price. It just seems like a redundant machine and one that's not super popular and one that should probably just fade away. This is a bold one. I mean, I don't, fo- I don't follow these, um, all these arguments about, and all these nicknames. You know how much I hate them, like people calling products with all these names. Well, yeah, I do too. But Apple gave us no choice in this sure. regard. It is technically MacBook Pro, thirteen inch, two Thunderbolt three ports or something. Nah, you, like don't the, the to, yeah, I don't have to. You don't need to say that. You can just say the <laughs> MacBook without the touch bar, and everybody will yeah, understand. Yeah, MacBook Pro without the touch bar. But people like to whatever. Okay, so. Um, I, 
I don't follow the situation a lot, but I feel like this should have been your risky pick. <laughs> because <laughs> it is not this... in Apple's like MO to get rid of products very quickly. I would mm. like to turn your attention to the Mac Pro, which is still on sale. That's mm-hmm. true. Well, that's true. But uh, they it didn't get an update in 2018. So you're, maybe we're already a year into it going away and we just don't know it yet. How did you think about that, Michael? Did you think They're about still that? still in the old MacBook Air. You can still buy that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this machine just seems like it doesn't have a place. Like I know like I can hear you tweeting me now. I like the MacBook Escape. Like, it is nice, but the Air is, I think, a better computer. It's not as fast, I don't think. But the Air like has brand value, and people like the design of it. And people wanted to run a MacBook Air, and that's what they got. This machine just seems like it was a swing and a miss. And I think it's really clean if you have like the one port 12 inch MacBook, then you have the MacBook Air, and then you have the MacBook Pro. And the MacBook Pro is a good bit more, but you get the touch bar for what it's worth and all this other stuff. You get four ports on all of them. This machine is just, it's like, it's like sort of homeless in between these product lines. And I think it's time to go. We'll see if I regret this in a year. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Michael. On iOS 13, the iPad home screen features more than just app icons. I am reviving mm. uh, my pick mm. from last year. I'm bringing it back. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Federico, but this was like a generally assumed upon rumor, right? Like a, yes. That, that, that the iPad home screen was an iOS 12 feature that got pushed. Gurman said so. Yes. Yeah. This is a widely believed rumor, along with the tab windows uh, yeah, feature. Because this was like, maybe he's going to do it to me again next week, but if memory serves, this was a rumor, which was, and I believed in it, and it's something that I wanted for a while, so I made it my an iOS 12 pick, like in our 2018 predictions. And then like two weeks later, that like, the the thing went out about, oh, Federico got everybody in a room and told them, performance, performance, yeah. performance. Yeah, that's right. I, I just I want you to be right so much. Yeah. Um, and we don't have we don't have to grade this, but I wanna have I wanna know your your uh, thoughts on what you think or what you would like to see as more on the home screen. Um, yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Widgets. So because that's already a thing that exists, right? So like these can they've tried to surface them in other places anyway. Um, and on the iPad, you can't get what you get on iOS, which is like 3D touch and the icon to get the widget to pop up, right? Which is a thing that you can do on the iPhone. So that would just be fine. And there's some I would quite like. Like I would quite like my calendar to be on the home screen of my iPad. I would love to be able to tap shortcuts on the home screen of my iPad, right? Like that they're just a thing that exists. Um, I think shortcuts to files would be kind of cool, um, as if it's mm. like an actual desktop, yeah. like on a Mac. Yeah. Um, and I would also like to be able to create like app pairs um, and put them together, and, and then I can oh, just... like two icons next to each other. That'd be nice. So like you can just tap it, and then it just opens them up together. Um, and I think I spoke about this before. Like my thinking is that like the 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 launch pad from the Mac moves to iOS and that's where you get your apps from and there's just an icon in the dock and it opens all of your apps. Kind of like Android as well. Um so you could drag some application icons to your home screen if you wanted to, but there is a separate view which brings up all applications. So I was thinking about that and like a few days ago and I and I had a thought of like, you know how on iOS now there's these um um 
this gesture that you use in a bunch of places, which is the vertical swipe from the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And I thought, what if the new home screen is oh, like a desktop, right. like like Mike said, but then if you swipe vertically in the middle of the home screen, you open the launcher. Instead of like yeah. being like an icon that you don't see, you can just swipe anywhere and you like change layers or something. That would be fun. Yeah, like the little swipe brings the dock up and then the big swipe brings... Well, but it could bring up like multitasking and all of your apps or something. I don't know. But yeah, yeah that... I mean, that would make sense for sure. Like I could see that. Yeah, I think it's just clearly time that the iPad graduate from the iPhone user interface, mm-hmm. right? And like, it's funny yes. because as I say that, I'm reminded that I think we all complained when it was different before iOS 11 or whenever, when they sort of unified again, and then the iPhone 10, like all that sort of awkwardness that there was. Well, but I think then there was nothing that set the iPad apart from the iPhone, so it may as well have just right. been consistent. But now there is, and so it's time for it to sort of graduate to something more powerful and you know maybe they could maybe they could do what you're talking about it could be as simple as just giving people you know an option past like the grid of icons like what if it's still just app icons but they don't have to be in a stupid grid Mm -hmm. like something more spatial i think would would be beneficial on a bigger screen i like it i like it a lot and i also remain convinced of a theory that i had a few months ago unconnected that app shortcuts will play some kind of role in this. Like in addition to widgets, uh, I think there will be some component that is about actions. And like yes. having a short, like a visual shortcut on the home screen instead of just uh, in Siri or the lock screen where, where they never show up on the lock screen for me. But I think they should try again and put them on the home screen and see, and see what happens. All right. So uh, these two rounds, standard picks. Next round. Risky Peaks. Right after this sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends at Hover, who are celebrating their 10-year anniversary this January. With Hover, you can find the domains that show the world who you are and what you're passionate about. So my domain, 5 Pixels, is registered at Hover. It's been there a really long time. And I like that my information is private. I like that the DNS settings are easy to manage. I like that they have really great customer support. So if I have a question or need help with something, I can talk to an actual human being who knows what they're talking about. I value that sort of interaction. Uh, the domain is a little unusual, 512 pixels. If you don't know what it means, I'll, I'll tell you now. It's It was the uh, the size of the original Macintosh screen, those compact Macs, 512 pixels, uh, the size of the screen. That's where the name comes from. I like that it's nerdy. I like that it's unusual. Uh, the weird benefit of having a digit first is that it usually sorts to the top or the bottom of lists. So it's uh, either at the beginning or the end of what you subscribe to. Uh, either way is kind of funny. But Hover lets me manage all of that stuff, and I can keep my domain separate from my hosting. So don't have to get stuck with the hosting service. That doesn't meet my needs. They have the domain. I can manage it there, and then I can move on. So I mentioned Hover is celebrating their 10-year anniversary this January, and they're putting out some really awesome promotions from January 16th to the 30th. They'll be doing a bunch of stuff. So .com domains will be for sale for just $10. $10 domains for email. $10 domain transfers. This is great if you have a lot of like sort of wild DNS settings. They can just transfer all that stuff for you. I did this with a domain a couple of years ago, and it worked seamlessly. They're even going to have some 99-cent domains, so keep an eye out for those. So uh, 
watch for these Hover uh, specials on their website or on social media to see when they go live. Or you can go to hover.com slash 10 years to find out more. That's hover.com slash one zero years. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, boys, time for our risky pick. So again, these are two points if they are correct. But if it's wrong, you lose you lose a point that you gained in the previous round. So Federico, uh, you, you have brought back an old friend. Yes. Um, <laughs> trying it again. Um, <laughs> reminders gets a major update in 2019. Um, first of all, this is something that I personally would like to see. But also I have a feeling that in, that is something that is in the works um, just by uh, just because talking to to some friends and like hearing things here and there I feel like work is being put into changes to reminders and so I predict that we will see possibly I, I guess in the next version of iOS um, major changes to reminders that is my prediction now not graded um just some features that I would personally like to see the the big one is a, is a new design new and more flexible design um I just think managing reminders with the reminders app is so slow um when it comes to for example adding dates like due dates to a reminder or adding notes or any other kind of metadata is so hard there's no support for tagging which is something that I would like to see to have tags and to have, um, in addition to lists, I would like to have saved searches or stuff like that. You know, um, Todoist, OmniFocus, um, Good Task even. They, they have these features where you can filter your tasks by tag or combinations of tags. I would like to have that in reminders. And I would love to have um, deeper integration with files so that I can uh, attach documents to, to a reminder and have it be like a native attachment um, that I can preview and open and export to other apps. So a new design, tagging, uh, faster interactions for dates and other, and other uh, elements, uh, other metadata to attach to a reminder. I just want to see Apple uh, do to reminders what they did to Notes uh, a few years ago. And I feel like the time is right for reminders to, to change, to evolve, of course, I, I feel like this is a risky pick because um, Reminders feels like the forgotten app by Apple. Um, it hasn't been updated since iOS 7, and it's been essens- essentially unchanged since iOS 7. So that's f- six years ago at this point. And I have to believe that it's one of the most popular apps, uh, like Notes and Reminders. Like I see people using it all the time, just anecdotally speaking. But um, Apple hasn't paid a lot of attention to reminders in, in the past few years. And uh, I don't know. Uh, but I want to try. I want to see what happens. So my risky pick is reminders gets a major update in 2019. So I want to put a parameter on how we decide major. And what I thought okay. was it is it gets time at WWDC on stage. They talk about it. I feel like that's, that's probably... Um, that should be fine. My only concern is what if they don't c- talk about it, but then in in iOS 13, reminders as a, a, like an all new design. Right, but or... then we will decide otherwise, right? But like, okay. let's say that there isn't a lot of features, right? But it gets a bunch of like it gets some stuff 
But if it's on stage, mm. like on stage is the minimum. And then we can decide past that. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, because like if we end up like we all get the beta and we open, it's like, oh, my God, this is a different app. It's obvious. Right. Mm-hmm. But like if they just like, oh, and we've just redesigned it like that's but like absolutely nothing else changes. That's not major. But if they put it on stage, that's important enough. So I figure at that point, like that's where we set the baseline. Yeah, I agree. That, that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My right. risky pick. <laughs> Uh, good good luck, Stephen. No, I just want to state before before <laughs> Stephen says this, because I I just want people to know this. He sent us a text message today to ask us if we thought this was risky. I just want everybody to know that he, he, Stephen Stephen was like thought that this might be a dead cert. So okay, you can you can now tell everybody your. No, I didn't know if you would think it was risky enough. Uh, enough that's, that's enough. All. So you 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 felt like you needed some reassurance. This about prediction this. Okay. is a lock. The only question is the timing. That's all. That's all it yeah. is. Okay. And so I'm so. People are saying that our Max could show up in 2020. I'm going to say, as my risky pick, the first one will be in 2019. I'm not wow. going to say which computer. I'm not going to say if it's a notebook or a desktop or how expensive it is or it replaces the MacBook or anything. I just, what if Apple just jumps the gun? What if they're ready? What if they think we're ready? All right, so that mm-hmm. is your that's mm-hmm. your pick. I now want you to tell me the answers to all of those things. This is not graded. <laughs> what do you think is going to be the first one? Uh, it's I think it's definitely a notebook, probably the MacBook. I clearly the processor in my iPad Pro like it can keep up with my MacBook Pro, but I think they're going to start this with the notebook line. There was something, maybe it was the talk show. I don't know. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Somewhere someone said that, you know, they could envision a world where like the notebooks are on ARM and the desktop stay Intel, at least for the foreseeable future. Like that's interesting. But uh, I, I just don't know. You know, when they when they did in, the switch to Intel, it was the MacBook Pro and the iMac went first. And then very quickly after that, the rest of the, the line transitioned. I don't think it's going to be as fast as that it, unless there is... Uh, you know, some sort of like secret arm project that can like keep up with like the iMac Pro right now, because right now Apple's arm chips can't quite reach that level of performance. So if if all they have to deal with is all that we know about, it will be notebooks first. So we'll see, you know. Um, but I just want to say, right, that, that it coming in 2019 uh-huh. means that at WWDC, yeah. they have to announce that this is happening. Yeah. And then give people a very short window of time. I feel like it's too soon, man. Either 2019 or 2020, this t- the timeline could be this. They announce it at WWDC. The soft, the, the first beta of macOS whatever is ready for it. And there are developer tools ready, just like they did with, the, with PowerPC to Intel. They said, hey, you know, there's Rosetta. And you may remember, you, you probably don't, there was a like an Intel... Transition hardware kit. I've been meaning to write about this for years. I need to. I need to get around to doing it. But basically, it was a Power Mac G5 with like a like a Pentium Four in it. Oh, and I remember all of this. I remember all of this. You paid some amount of money, and then you had to send it back. Like mm-hmm. I've looked for years to find one. They don't exist. But uh, if you have one, 
find my email address i don't <laughs> think anyone was allowed to keep one i think because no no i think apple like killed your family if you didn't give it back it mm-hmm. was in the contract i'm pretty sure but so you know that's my only question of like they announce it and there's some like reference hardware or do they say you know the simulator's good enough because apple's been emulating arm you know you can you can run arm software on a mac sort of in the emulator for a really long time and so maybe that's enough to get this up and running and then mac os whatever comes out in the fall and that's when the new machines ship or just towards the end of the year i don't know but it just feels like maybe apple's more ready than we're giving them credit for and maybe they're going to surprise us who knows that feels like it's a- feeling 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 exciting it's the timeline that gets me right if it ships in January 2020, I'm going to be super upset. It's, it's the timeline. <laughs> because, like, we're half of the way through the year before they'll even talk about it. Like, the first reference of it. But that's going to be true in 2020, right? So, like, uh, you know, that that I don't think has a bearing on what year it is. I think that's true for any of them. I also do wonder if, like, it, it, I, I feel like it depends on the Marzipan timeline. Because I feel like you maybe yeah. wouldn't want to do both of those at the same time. It feels like a lot. Yeah, that's that's my concern. Yeah. Or, and I'm not a developer, so like if you're a developer and I say crazy things in a second, please forgive me. What if the Marzipan stuff and compiling your Intel Mac apps for ARM are kind of the same thing? Or like they're wrapped up together? Like, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, iOS apps are going to have to recompile to run on Intel Macs. So I don't know. Um, the chat room is asking, are Max, Max announced or shipping? Uh, I wrote ships because I'm going all in. <laughs> so. oh Stephen Hackett feeling risky in 2019. <laughs> I know. My That's, God. <laughs> so we've judged my pick. We've judged my pick. But this next one is classic. Classic. No, Mike it's not pick. classic, and I'll tell you why it's not no, classic. No, because Mike has added. Oh yes, it is. My, no, Mike's a. It's the longest pick typed out here by yep. far. Yeah, but it is it is like four things nah, glued nah, together, nah, and Mike, nah, you nah, always nah, get nah, these nah. wrong no, because nah, nah. half of them come true. And if you were just shorter, or so nah. so, go ahead. Apple releases we'll let the chat room an iPhone subscription service that bundles a device. Apple Care and a selection of other Apple content services into one monthly payment. Are you sure about this? This isn't as wild as you think it is because two thirds of this, they're already doing it. The only difference is take the iPhone upgrade program and add services to it and add iCloud to it. Mm. Anything. That's why I see I said other Apple content services. I was super careful with this one. I wasn't going to be like, oh, and they add the TV service and iCloud and like, because that's what I would have <laughs> done last year. But now it's just you take the iPhone upgrade program and you put some online services in it. That's it. Okay, so when you co- you say cont, I want to hear from you the details. You say content services. Yeah, content services. Does that include iCloud storage? Exactly. No, it doesn't okay, include so, iCloud storage. So content, you mean media? Music. Well, I mean, it can include iCloud, but that's not what I'm talking about. Apple Music or the Apple TV service or the Apple News stuff. So, okay. Okay. See, I I could see a world where they do this, and then instead of $38 a month, it's $39 a month, and you get the 50 gigs of iCloud space. Yeah, but that's not risky, though, right? You wouldn't have let me have that if I was just like, oh, they add iCloud to the upgrade program. So you are saying specifically content, not... So if they do this and it's just iCloud, you get this wrong. Yeah, I'll just be sad. 
That okay, doesn't I'm feel put risky. In parentheses just to clarify. It doesn't feel risky, right? Not like just if I said to you, if my pick was Apple are going to add iCloud space to the upgrade program, I don't know if that would like. It's not. It doesn't feel risky. It feels out there, but it doesn't feel like a risk. <laughs> Riskier would be they're going to double the free amount of space for everybody. But like that, I, I, the the reason I think this is a few things going on. One, they are going to have a bundle for their content. Um, the, the, I think it's why one of the reasons they're doing the news thing is so they have something else to add to Apple Music and Apple TV and then the news thing. So they'll have like a what feels like a bigger package, even if you never use the news thing. Um, you'll be able to buy them individually, but I think they'll have a package for all of it. Um, they already do the iPhone upgrade program, right? Where it's like a monthly fee. And I know like it's done through a bank and everything, but like Apple can rectify that and make all that work the way that they want to. Um, and the other reason is the quarter, quarterly earnings adjustment that they just did. And this, I think that Tim basically says this is going to happen, right? That they're looking at ways to spread the cost of iPhones, right? Like that they, they want to be have the ability for people to pay monthly is basically what they were talking about. Um, like making, you know, that kind, so that kind of stuff. That all, And that feels like a real easy way to fix your um, upgrades cycle. Because people just come into this program and they get a new phone every year and then they get a bunch of other stuff too, which all feels free. And I know that the upgrade program exists, but I don't. they do not do a great job of promoting it. They haven't spoken about it in a long time, which makes me think the reason they're not speaking about it is because they have this better one um, in, in the works and they want to wait for that. That's why that's my pick. And hmm. the, Okay. And there you go. Okay. Okay. So we're going to now move into non-graded extra picks. These don't count for or against you. This is just uh, the cherry on top if you get it right, or the extra kick in the gut if you get it wrong. But no, no. Or points. it's just like to help you save a little face if you get everything else wrong. You'd be like, well, I was at least right about something. That's what I did in this one. <laughs> I played it safe in my last one. Uh, Federico, you're up. All right. Oh, I mean, of course, Air Power is released, and new, oh. Air, and new <laughs> AirPods on. are released. When you in say 2019. of course, when you say of course, why isn't it in your regular picks so, then? If it's of course, I that's sem- semantics. Oh. Uh, don't <laughs> worry semantics. If you believe this, it would it would have been your risky pick, and I would have let this go oh, as a risky I said, pick. I of think. course, <laughs> as an extra pick. That's that's uh, that was, uh, uh, that was what you meant, uh-huh. uh, of course. That was what I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, as an extra pick, uh, AirPower is released and new AirPods are also released in 2019. Um, AirPower, uh, not just the new AirPods case, but actual second generation AirPods. We're never um, going to see that new AirPods case, right? Like that's that product that is definitely mm. dead. That's 100% dead. <laughs> because even if AirPower comes, like it will come at a time when they're ready for AirPod version 2, which feels like it should happen. And you're saying they won't have the case for the first gen AirPods maybe? Yeah, that that will be gone. Like huh. you won't get that. Maybe. Cuz they were only we'll going to do that because AirPower was supposed to come out before they were ready for new AirPods, right? Yeah. 6 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When we were all young. All right. <laughs> For my, well, some of you were young. My second extra pick. Wow, I haven't read this one. Oh, boy. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. I'm going, so I, I think all of us focus on Apple's products, like the stock stuff, which we're not even talking about this week because it's, you know, it's not really what we focus on. I think about Apple as a products and hardware and software and services. 
So I'm going outside of my comfort zone, and I'm just going to say someone on Apple's executive website. So there's a page on apple.com. I think it's slash leadership. Maybe we'll find it, put in the show notes. It's got a grid of like human being faces, people who are SVPs or presidents of whatever, uh, this, that, and the other. My extra pick is that someone, I don't know who, will either leave or be fired. Above the who's line? On that page currently today. Or the whole page. Because there's a line. Let's see. Right? Let's look at the and page. The line, what is it? Apple.com slash leadership? Apple.com slash leadership. The line, underneath the line, is Steve Dowling, VP of Communications, Lisa Jackson, VP of the Environment, Isabel Guimet, who's the VP of uh, Managing Director for China, Tom Mirren, the Vice President of Marketing Communications, and Deirdre O'Brien, who's the Vice President of People, right? Or are we talking about, like, here are your big executives, right? Your... Are you saying that Eddie Hughes got to get fired in 2019? <laughs> right? Or, like, are we, is it going to be Angela? Is it going to be Craig? Is it going to be Johnny Saruji? Like, who's going to go? You know, like, are we talking Eddie. above th- the think... line or the whole page? I think the whole page. Okay. That's less exciting. Well, those people down there are still important just because right. they have a, a you know a horizontal line break and at atop them. But if we're talking about above the line, we're talking about Johnny Ive and Tim Cook and Eddie Q and Jeff Williams and Angela Arons, right? Like these are the big players. It could also be Tim Cook, you're saying. Oh, yeah. I'm not not saying that. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't hear what I'm not not saying. <laughs> just don't know. <laughs> Could be Tim Cook. I mean, if they keep... <laughs> poor Tim. Poor, poor All Timmy. my friends are watching Survivor right now and trying to talk me into it, so maybe that's just on my mind. Yeah. But uh, this feels <laughs> like... a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. So that's what I'm going with. I don't know who, I don't know why, but it just feels like there could be something there. But if you if you were to pick one, though... <laughs> Bye, Eddie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what I want to hear. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Could okay. be. Mike? Michael? Head oh, pods. I like this one. Head pods. Yes. Yes. Over ear headphones from Apple. They don't need to be called head pods, but that's just the way that we all think of them. Uh, yeah, I think that we're going to get over ear headphones this year. I think that that would be a thing. It's a thing that I would quite like. Um, I would like some Bluetooth headphones, some nice Bluetooth headphones for traveling and stuff, and I'm not buying any for now. I have some like B&O H6 that are wired. Uh, which I'm just going to keep around with the various dongles that it needs. Two dongles I have to keep with them now. One for my iPad, one for my iPhone, which is awesome. Love that. Thank you. Dongle Town. It's amazing. Uh, but I'd like some Bluetooth headphones, but I'm going to wait because I really like the AirPods. And if Apple can do for uh, over-ear headphones what they did for in-ear headphones, then I'll be very happy. I had somebody say this to me, um, or I saw it on Twitter. I think I saw it on Twitter because Casey... Uh, his his broke or I had or I heard it. Who knows? It's like what Stephen said. Information just comes in. I don't know where it comes from. Um, <laughs> that they may be like the best Apple product available right now. You know what it was? Jeremy Burge told me this yesterday when I had lunch with him that he thinks that the AirPods wow, are the weird best. Flex, but I know. Okay. No, it was a, it was a good flex. I love Jeremy. Um, that the Air, AirPods are like the best thing that Apple makes right now, and and I agree. Right? Like it's. There's nothing wrong with them. They're simple. They do the job. They still have that kind of magic about them. They're great. I love them. Because uh, who has something bad to say about them now? Not really. And I feel like being out in London after the holiday season, oh boy, they are everywhere. And they are so back-ordered right now. Uh, that Really badly. Like, I went into the Covent Garden Apple Store yesterday, and I was going to buy a pair for Adina because she keeps taking mine. So I don't want her to keep doing that. You can't share. You can't share. 
earbuds. The problem is she just t- she she uses them and then she takes them out and just puts them down, not in the case. And it's like this is I can't abide by this situation. So no, you got to solve that. I uh, was going to buy her some, so I went into the Apple Store, the new Apple Store, and I picked, there was a box on the shelf, and I picked it up, and I was walking around, like looking at the Apple Store and stuff, and I, I went up to the guy, and I was like, "I'd like to buy these, please," and he was like, "Oh, I don't think we have them." And like on my mind, I'm like, "Well, I got the box in my hand, and it's a fake box, display only box." Oh come on, Apple! He went down and checked, uh. and I know why this is happening. They are incredibly stealable, right? I, and I've never seen a display-only box for anything in an Apple store because you do the checkout thing, right? So, like, they have to put the real products on the shelves. But AirPods are such a desirable item right now, I think. And, they're, they're you know, I think that for, for some reason now they're seeing their big moment. Um, I think people are stealing them. So, But they have display-only boxes. And there's, like, five of them on a shelf, like these display-only boxes. When the guy was like, he was trying to say, oh, we only get deliveries on these and these. I was like, I'm like walking away from him, right? Like, I'm like, I'm done. Like, you told me they're not here. You don't have to explain it to me. Like, I don't need to hear about how often you get deliveries. I'm out of the don't door. Don't you know who I am? Gah. That's what he said. And then I, but I put an order on an Apple's website and they're going to arrive sometime before the end of January, apparently. Yeah. They are everywhere. I've noticed that as well. I think they were extremely popular over the holiday season. Like I just I remember when I first got them, like I felt self conscious at the gym wearing them because they do look kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like they're just everywhere. Yep. They they're sort of like the default pick, I think, for a lot of people. Which is cool. Well until uh, until they get the shipments, Mike, um I'm afraid to tell you that you cannot live with Adina anymore. You cannot share AirPods. That is um unacceptable. Um cannot happen. So uh you need to find another apartment for you, Mike. It's the only way, right? Like I just got to leave now. It's the only. It's the only. It's such a shame. Sure. We had such a good marriage, but now. well, I know, and the wedding was fun, but uh, you're done. Um, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> over a pair of AirPods. Um, That's terrible. She doesn't listen to this one of my shows, which is probably good for everyone involved. <laughs> Could send her an MP3 later. Uh, I thought about making this one of the one of the main picks, but um. I don't know. I was more confident about the other ones. Um, Shortcuts 2.0 gets shown off at WWDC and it features a new developer framework for a new developer API for integration with shortcuts. So right now there's apps can in theory integrate with shortcuts if they make a a series shortcut and if they use those ugly and, and silly workarounds of saving data to the system clipboard. And I think Apple noticed this, and they're aware that it's a stupid workaround. Um, this needs to be a proper developer API for apps to offer actions that can be added to a shortcut using the shortcuts editor. And those actions can be, of course, there, there can be like an entire... Um, uh, system of permissions and controls for privacy and, and user authorization, all that stuff. But I envision a, a, a feature where actions offered by third-party apps can be customizable. So they have like customizable text fields or parameters that you can customize. Um, basically the same visual actions that you have now in shortcuts, but those are based on X callback. And I think these actions should retain the same visual aspect and the same customizable fields, but everything should be based on a native API that is not a URL scheme. 
Uh, and in addition, I would like to see, and I would predict as an extra pick, folders, finally, please, because, I mean, I mean seriously, <laughs> and also air, AirPlay 2 actions, I'm going to say. Hmm. So what what would an example be of an AirPlay 2 action? Oh, stuff like, like um, connect to this specific device or uh, take this song and play this song on the living room TV, stuff like that, like being okay. able to control uh, where stuff is playing or being able to control playback, like play and pause on this AirPlay 2 device if it's playing something. Okay. And to, to clarify, just because the chat room is saying this, I want to save us from the tweets. Uh, this would be like Shortcuts version number 3.0, but the second version of Shortcuts, right? Because Shortcuts, I think, is 2.1.2. Yes. So Shortcuts 3.0, whatever. The second major version How of Shortcuts. How dare you, Federico? How oh, dare sorry. you? How sorry. dare you? Oh, I'm the Shortcuts guy. Oh, <laughs> all, all I want out of a future version of Shortcuts is when you set up a new device and you open shortcuts the first time, it doesn't scramble the order of your shortcuts. Oh, my like, God. Can you, and can you not sync the order of, of shortcuts? Like, come on, guys. It's killing me. Yeah. And that and folders has been like, once you have over 50 shortcuts or even 30 shortcuts, becomes unmanageable. So... Um, I mean, I got hundreds. That's not true. But I've got mm-hmm. enough where... So I had to reinstall it on my iPad and... I did it. And I knew like the second I opened it, I was like, oh, here it comes. And yep. I opened it and then I opened it on my phone. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad. All right. Uh, my extra pick is a hedge against my risky pick. I think both of these things, I think in equal amounts. And I don't think they are necessarily mutually exclusive, but that is what it is. Uh, I think that WBC, so, so normally WBC is like, this is what we're doing this year, right? It's this iOS version, this macOS version. This is what we're doing with Swift, et cetera, et cetera. I think we are going to see part of WDC this year be labeled, be talked about as a multi-year plan, uh, specifically to move the Mac and iOS closer together. You know, whatever that means. If that means our Macs or if that means Marzipan or if that means something new that we don't see right now. But Apple talking about we are starting a multi-year journey, a multi-year process to this end goal. That would be really unusual, which is why I don't want points associated with this in any way. But it just feels like we're at the the brink of something really big. It's like uh, uh, the uh, iPhone software roadmap, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. And, but even that was mostly just like, this is what we're doing, this version, like, I think this is going to be like, this is what we're doing now, and next year this is going to happen, and in two years we will be here as opposed to where we are today. So a a multi-step, multi-release, like overarching story about where they're going. Because like, A, it just feels like we're like, we're just standing like on like the the edge of something really big happening, both the Mac and iOS. And I feel like if they continue to do this sort of thing, like this year, like we have the Marzipan apps on Mojave and they're all kind of bad and like so we don't know what to think about them like they're bad on their own but are they just beta Apple didn't label them as beta like but when I build an iOS app on the Mac is it going to have all these controls like they in a vacuum of information like the people think the worst thing and if Apple is getting ready to move into a really distinct like transition time I think putting those details out early 
helps people from freaking out. And I, I think Apple needs to help people from freaking out right now. I agree with your thinking, right? Like that it would be a wise thing to do because of those reasons. But I, the, the problem is, the problem with doing that is talking about an architecture change in the abstract if they're not ready to do it because it could harm max sales right uh, i mean maybe uh that was a risk when they did it with intel and people still bought max so i don't know yeah i don't know i, I don't know I, I, I it's definitely a possibility um and it would be nice right um but it that also doesn't feel necessarily necessary. Like they showed off Project Sneak Peek, but didn't say anything more about it, right? They're just like, this is a thing. And then that was it. And that was kind of all they did. They didn't really give any details about how it would roll out or what would be available or like in what or what it would end up leading to. But it depends on how much they're going to talk about. Like if they're going to do what you think they're going to do and they're going to have a, an ARM Mac available, then yeah, it might be a good idea to talk about a multiple year plan uh, about this stuff. So we'll see. All right. My, my, uh, non -grade, my last non-graded pick was a rejected risky pick. So I, this was my first risky pick, but my fine co-host, my esteemed co-hosts, said it was not risky enough. I disagree. Not, but... bo not both of them. Oh, yes, actually. I forgot about that. Thank you, Federico. Federico agreed that it was risky, and Stephen said it wasn't. And then we asked John Voorhees to adjudicate, and John Voorhees fell on Stephen's side. Um, mm -hmm. My So my last pick old, is... Old people. They are together. The yeah. 2019 iPhones <laughs> start at a lower price than the 2018 iPhones. That feels risky to me. It like, does feel risky to me. But, you know, mm. I mean, it feels like it's more likely now because of the way yeah, this year has gone. But that's, that's still like, a, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still feel like a way to solve it is to have more phones available. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that should it. I've thought a lot about this. And I want to do a segment where we like talk about ways this could become true. Uh, I want to do that in like a, a show here pretty soon, I think. But so, uh, it just feels like something's going to happen here, whether it be you know a reduction in price or something like the the things that make the 10s more expensive go away in the 11 or whatever's next. You know, I don't know. It just feels like something's got to like get stainless steel. Yeah, I mean, if, it, I don't think the stainless steel doesn't account for the three hundred dollar price increase, mm -hmm. but it, you know, uh, it just feels like something's got to go. So I. I I like this. The reason I said it wasn't risky and that may just be colored by the season we're in where like Apple just dumped their bad earnings news, but it just feels like they've hit the ceiling. So we will see. I hope you're right. Yeah. I mean, unless of course we are wrong and there isn't actually a pricing thing. And the reason that people didn't upgrade was because they didn't think there was enough in the phones as opposed to it being a price. Like that's the thing we don't know. My assumption is the phones were too expensive but yeah, or Apple misinterprets what actually happened, right? <laughs> it could yeah. be the worst outcome, actually. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Apple spreading its TV wings and Apple Music Wrapped, but I'm going to tell you about our final sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Zola. Zola is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience. 
From your engagement to the wedding to decorating your first home, Zola is there with compassionate customer service coupled with modern tools and technology. See, I said couple. Do you guys like that? It's a nice touch. Very good, yeah. The Zola Registry, that's good. The Zola Registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, plus lots of extras like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and so much more. They have over 500 top brands and 50,000 gifts, experiences, and cash funds to choose from, making it easy both for you, but also for your guests. They even have top-rated apps for the iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch, so couples can manage their registries on the go. Now, Mike, I believe you just got married. Is that correct? About six months ago, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty close. Uh, tell us about that. Let me let me give you the two things. Two things about wedding planning: it's super stressful and it's incredibly expensive, right? Zola helps by making the site very easy to use when you're setting up a wedding registry and they have lots of options that you can choose from, which is awesome because you don't want another thing that you have to battle with. The other thing is the honeymoon funds. We did a honeymoon fund. Honeymoon funds are great because it's cash is what you're asking for. You ask for cash and weddings are expensive and having cash to pay for the honeymoon is a very good thing because you have no money to spend on a honeymoon if you are paying for your own wedding like we did. So super great, really helps you out. It helps you out with lots of options and makes it very easy and can also maybe help you uh, recoup some of the money that you put into your wedding. So big thumbs up. Over 500,000 couples have already used Zola and you can join them today. To sign up and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to Zola.com slash connected. That's Z O. LA.com slash connected. Head over there now to receive that $50 credit. We'd like to thank Zola for their support of this show and Relay FM. Okay, as promised, uh, Apple <laughs> Apple's at CES. It's sort of it's sort of wild. There's always a joke that Apple wins CES, right? Because they do something during CES. But at least in recent history, it has not been that they had actual products that are being announced at CES or like that they are involved in actual product announcements. It's usually like Apple does something on their own, right, at the same time. But no, this is like TVs that are being announced at CES are being announced with features from Apple. So we have Samsung getting iTunes and the TV app up. Built into their sort of like native TV experience. You won't need an Apple TV box out the back. Others are getting AirPlay 2, uh, including like basically every other major Samsung brand. Samsung gets AirPlay 2 too. They do. So, so they get Samsung, Samsung get AirPlay 2 and the iTunes app. Other yeah. manufacturers, LG, Sony, and who was the other one? Vizio. 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 They're getting AirPlay 2 and HomeKit. Samsung is not getting HomeKit. Currently, nobody else is getting the iTunes app. That's kind of the lay of the land. Yeah, which feels to me like a temporary exclusive, I would think. But um, an interesting TCL is not on this list, and they're they are a growing brand in popularity. I've never heard of them. I would say more. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Panasonic would be a bigger uh, bigger name. I don't know who TCL is. This is like an American thing. 
TCL. Is your TV a TCL TV, Stephen? Mine is an LG TV that is so old it doesn't get on the internet, which is the way I want it to, to stay. The creative um, life. I've never heard of TCL. As Jason Snell is telling me over DM, TCL has been the wire cutter pick for years. Jason's TV is a TCL TV, and it runs Roku. Oh, the famous Jason yeah. TV. Yeah. Okay. They're a screen TCL. maker. Yeah. They're, right. they're a screen maker. So, yeah, so it may be that the... Roku stuff isn't compatible, or Apple didn't talk to them, or they didn't get along. Whatever, we don't know. Uh, but this is this is really big, right? To get all this stuff before into your television, you had to go buy the Apple TV Puck, which I believe is like six hundred and sixty nine dollars. Did I get that right? It's very expensive, and it's uh, it's way more expensive than other boxes like it. Way more expensive than what Amazon does or, or what Chromecast is. But now they're sort of uncoupling it from their hardware, and it's uh. It's pretty exciting. I think it's real exciting. Let me tell you something that's hilarious to me, right? So Sony TVs are getting AirPlay 2, right? Sony TVs exclusively run Android TV. Yes. So Android <laughs> is getting AirPlay 2 is what's happening here. And HomeKit. Yeah. And How Web weird OS. is that? How Web weird? Also. <laughs> and WebOS. Like, yeah. Or it runs like on the firmware layer like beside the OS, which I think is probably more well, likely. All of this stuff is just the web, right? But like it's 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 just funny when you think about it, right? Like it, it's just so, it's, it's kind of funny. I I have many thoughts that go in two different directions. Um which one do you want to go, Mike? Left or right first? Left, please. I, I don't think it's um it's a it's it's a valid argument to make fun of the software that runs on modern televisions uh and to say oh uh that UI is so terrible or it doesn't have apple taste you know the, these kinds of arguments like it doesn't have apple polish uh where the apple tv sucks where these <laughs> like sucks. these like and i i speak from experience i used um um i have an lg tv with web os i've used sony televisions with android tv i think these uh os's for lack of a better word are perfectly functional they may not be pretty but in my experience they're usually faster to navigate and to operate than tvOS. The tvOS UI, I personally think, I don't want to say it's terrible, but I, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's, it, it reaches this ideal of Apple design made in California. I think webOS on the LG TV is a per perfectly fine operating system for a television. And I actually pref prefer myself using the built-in apps on my LG TV, and you know why? Because they're faster, they have a more intuitive UI, and also the YouTube app on my WebOS TV is the only TV client with YouTube that gets 4K, because YouTube on the Apple TV does not get 4K. The WebOS version does. So seeing these tweets about, ooh, but it's not uh, TVOS uh, UI, it's not consistent, it's not Apple design, who cares? You just need to watch a TV show, you just need to watch a movie. You're not staring at pretty pixels. You, like, most people don't care. We can make this argument for phones or for tablets because you're actually using them and interacting with apps. You are interacting with UIs day in and day out. But on a TV, you just need to watch stuff or you need to play a video game. I don't think it matters. So that was my left direction. Well, um, you know what all, every other TV manufacturer has in common? 
their remotes are better than the Siri remote. Like the very basic interface. Yes. The very basic interface to get into it is, I mean, that thing is so consistently frustrating. And I've had mine, I've got the 1080 Apple TV because my TV is old. And I don't know, how many years has that been out? Like four or something? I still perpetually get it wrong. Like hold it the wrong way or click when I mean to drag or it's just really frustrating to use. So um, the other direction was... I am confused by the this split of AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support, um, mostly because I've seen these screenshots of the Home app in what I presume is a, is a future version of iOS, uh, maybe iOS 12.2, um, that shows you, I think this was in the Visio slides maybe, um, HDMI as an accessory in the Home app. And... I don't know what's what's that gonna do. Like, will you, does it mean you will be able to make automations that turn on your TV, or does it mean that you will just be able to say um, change to this specific input? I don't know what HomeKit support mm-hmm. means in the context of a television. Um, I know what I do with HomeBridge, which is this custom server that I run on my Mac Mini, which I love because it lets me switch inputs and switch the volume of the TV, change the volume of the TV, lets me change channels, I can do a bunch of things. But will Apple go as far as allowing me to switch all inputs and tweak the volume, tweak the color scheme or whatever? I don't know. It's not clear. The, the there was something that was floating around about this, and you know we mentioned the upgrade thing earlier. I think y'all's segment was really good, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's like when Apple did the Motorola Rocker, which was like this phone that you could sync like a hundred iTunes songs to, and then the iPhone came out <laughs> like not that long afterwards." And I, I think the this the feeling behind that comment is this is something that Apple's not going to take seriously, and it's going to be bad. And I think both of those are wrong. I think a this should not be surprising if you've been paying attention to what Apple's been doing and what they're doing in the background with the video service. You don't spend billions of dollars making original content to like shove it through a very particular Apple TV box that has a very small market share. Like you do it and you want it to be as broad as possible, which is what this is about. And I think Apple, because of that, is going to take it seriously. And I expect this to be well done. You know, to y'all's point, the apps on these TVs are substantially better than they were years ago. The TV I have, I bought maybe six or seven years ago, and I bought the one I did specifically because it didn't have built-in apps. Like It just has like inputs, and it's a dumb TV. It doesn't get on the internet. Even then, it was hard to find one, but I did it because the apps were really bad then. That's not the case now. A lot of these TVs have pretty good software. There are privacy concerns with some of them that we should talk about, but they are more responsive and better designed than ever. And I think Apple, because their video service has to compete with things like Netflix and Hulu that are there natively now, they've got to be just as good, if not better. And so I think the idea this is going to be some sort of like awkward, kludgy thing that Apple is just sort of like, you know, grafting onto the side of a TV operating system. uh, I mean, that may end up being true, but I don't think it's going to be. I think this is going to be something they take seriously, that they work hard at, that it provides a good experience because Apple has to make this money back for this this TV stuff. If they're going to grow their services. The TV service has to be a big part of that. And if the app is bad, then people are just going to, you know, they're going to get frustrated with it, right? They're, they're going to not want to use it. And Apple needs it to be really accessible to everybody. Can I share my 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 current concern? Yes. So 
I'm looking at these TVs, and I want to get a new TV anyway, because we've had our TV for a few years, but it, we could have a bigger TV quite comfortably in the space that we have, so it would be nice. And now there are all these TVs coming out with all these interesting features. But I'm like, I know that obviously now is not the right time to make this decision, but I can already see how difficult this decision is going to be because of the differing features across Samsung and everybody else, because Samsung's TVs are going to have the Apple apps on them, because... And that's great because then I can watch all of my iTunes content and then all of like YouTube in 4K and stuff like that. And then I don't need an Apple TV anymore in theory, right? Because all of the providers have apps, right? Like, so I watch YouTube, I watch like Prime content and I watch Apple content and Samsung's TV will have all of that built in, but then they don't have HomeKit. And then will the HomeKit stuff make it worth it going with a different manufacturer, right? But we're not really sure what that's going to be yet. Hopefully, we'll find more about that soon, like what actually you'll be able to do with HomeKit. But then if that's the case, which one of the three do I choose? Like, it feels like such a difficult thing. And as with these things, usually, like, I want to get one probably relatively soon when they're released so we can talk about it, right? Because if I wait for the wire cutter to review them all, it might be longer than I would want. And then, like, is it even worth owning an Apple TV anymore? Like, what's going to happen there? And then what if Apple end up working with Amazon, which I 100% believe they will, and then it's on the Fire TV. It's all very confusing. And I feel like I'm just going to spend a lot of time just thinking about this now with no answers for for quite a while. That is my current my current TV fear. If I were you, I would pick the TV with both AirPlay 2 and HomeKit um, because it feels easier like hypothetically that a TV gets a software update with an app rather than I don't know if it's a chip or something that involves HomeKit like I would go for the framework and the main feature over the app because Mm. you can still use an Apple TV but there's no accessory to enable HomeKit so software you can either wait for a software update or still use your Apple TV but if you want to have HomeKit the only solution is to buy a TV with HomeKit. Right, so I should go for one of the non-Samsung ones then. I would go for the one that has both um, frameworks. Both. I think LG, Sony, and Vizio are both. They're, they're both AirPlay 2 and HomeKit. I think all three of them are doing that. And then Samsung is not HomeKit currently. Uh, I personally, I would pick the a TV that has both. Uh, and then who cares about the iTunes app? You have an Apple TV anyway. Okay. Yeah, because then there's this whole thing about like um, Samsung TVs don't support the 4K HDR standard that Apple's content's encoded yeah. in. Yeah. So, and you want to get a TV with Dolby Vision? You yeah. Know, you got to look into all this stuff. Yeah. <sighs> TVs. It's complicated. <laughs> The Apple is kind of enforcing some some privacy rules around this stuff. You know, a lot of these TVs watch what's happening on the screen, and that data is is used for recommendations and then sold off on the back end. There's a really interesting re, uh, interview over on The Verge with the I think the CTO of Vizio about this, and Apple has told them that you know you cannot look at what we're what our customers are doing with AirPlay. Or in other apps, but if you use an Apple TV, they can because it's just an HDMI input. So that's something too to look at when you buy one of these. Does it do that tracking? Spoiler alert: all of them do. But can you turn it off? Vizio, you can. Some of the others, you can, but it's more difficult. Uh, so there's a lot. Like buying a TV is complicated. Like I'm kind of in the boat you are. I feel like this is the year where we upgrade to like a, 
a nice 4K TV. I like yeah. to go a little bit bigger. But like I just feel paralyzed by the choices. And so and I can wait. So I'm I'm hoping that sort of a clear winner, you know, sorts itself out maybe midway through the year or this fall and and I can make the move. But it's just it's complicated. Yeah, we might be more likely to see the kind of more traditional technology outlets review these TVs because of this stuff where they typically wouldn't. So that might be like, you know, like you, there might be some Verge reviews about these TVs where they typically don't review TVs, but they may yeah. be more inclined to because of the Apple stuff. So that might be good. And also, I really hope that, um, personally speaking, my 2017 LG B7 uh, gets a software update, uh, at least with our Play 2. Have they um, said anything about that at all? Mm, LG hasn't said anything about okay. backward compatibility. So I don't know. That's not looking we'll good. See. Yeah. Fingers crossed though. Yeah. Uh to round out this week, Federico, you have published, I gotta say, is maybe like the the most mind bending shortcut that I think you've published in a, in a It's long your time. workflow masterpiece, is what it is. They, yeah, yeah. You think so? Well, yeah. This is the most involved and complicated workflow slash shortcut you've ever built, surely. It is the most complicated. I've built uh other complicated shortcuts. But I feel like this is a, it surprised me in that I think it's a combination of, it was complicated, but also it resonated with people a lot. Whereas other complicated shortcuts that I made in the past did not break out of the, like the workflow people niche. Um, this one did. Uh, and, and I was really, I was really surprised by that. Well, I mean, it makes sense because so this this shortcut that we're talking about is called Apple Music Wrapped. Uh, Federico built Spotify's end of year thing that they do where they show you data about the music you've listened to for Apple Music on Apple's behalf, basically, uh, and published it. And it's incredible. And it gives you a kind of a grid of uh, icons and stuff of your most listened to songs and your most listened to artists and genres and all kinds of information. Presents you with a web page, which is private to you, and a PDF with embeds on it and stuff. It's wild. <laughs> and I, my favorite thing about this, uh, about this shortcut is the little notifications that you get. When it's, I've never really, I've, you've, I've never seen that before, really. That like when I'm running a, a shortcut, like it gives me like actual iOS notifications, right? Because I, I like it. Yeah. It's, it adds a little bit of personality to it. It's cute. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, that was a, one of the last minute improvements. Uh, you, Mike, you suggested to do the top artists, and I also added that in the last two weeks. Um, yeah, it was a lot of work, right? I've been meaning, on, I've been working on this for for two months since um, late November, essentially, and it's, um, I mean, it, it, it's got over five hundred actions, and <sighs> yeah, it was impossible to create in the shortcuts editor. You know, all the scrolling and all the mm -hmm. duplicating of actions because there's no easy way, like there's no native way to fold uh, for example blocks of actions there's no way to easily copy and paste uh shortcuts uh actions in the shortcut without having to use uh third-party hacks and workarounds but i'm really happy for two uh two reasons um it's really fast uh despite all the actions that it that it contains and all the things that it does and also, it doesn't use any. Uh, it doesn't have any dependencies. It doesn't use any any third-party uh, servers. It doesn't have any of those like um, 
third-party uh, community stuff that is going on these days, and I don't, I don't really feel confident about for the future. Uh, it doesn't have any third-party code. It doesn't store any configuration files or cache files in your iCloud drive. It's very clean. It, it runs from top to bottom and doesn't save anything on your device, except the things you want to save, you decide to save. Um, most people... Like the, the vast majority of people are reporting uh, successful results in running the shortcut. Which I there cannot some... believe that you. I mean, I know you spent quite a bit of time yesterday debugging it, but I felt like you were gonna just like th- th- like at scale. It was like, oh well, <laughs> there was something I didn't account for, and it's not working, right? Because it's just I, the the sheer yeah. parameters of the data, the variation in the data that can be input into this are so broad. Like, I'm really yeah. surprised that it worked. And this is nothing on your ability just upon how complicated a thing this type this would be. Yeah, and, and ultimately, the, the, so for the vast majority of people, it is working correctly. The, the edge cases that are left are all down to the fact that some songs have special characters in them mm-hmm. or some artists' names have special characters in them. And... I want to say two things about this. First of all, I cannot possibly test all of the Unicode characters that may be present in the Apple Music database. This is just not something that I can do. But most of all, I don't have the tools in shortcuts to make sure that this is not a problem. Because um, to do things like sorting numbers from biggest to smallest... There is no native action that does that. There is no native shortcuts action that can take some text and say, let's take a number and see which one is bigger, which one is smaller. To sort numbers, I have to use custom JavaScript that you don't see, but is actually loaded in a web page inside shortcut that is, in, uh, that is invisible and that doesn't open but the shortcut is actually opening a web page and writing JavaScript code to sort numbers or to do deduplication of lines of text. Uh, all these crazy hacks um, shouldn't be necessary if only I had native actions to do this, and those native actions could do what Shortcuts does, which is making sure that you don't get an error for Unicode stuff, making sure that you know the, the shortcut is never interrupted because the, the system takes care of problems for you. Um, but by using these workarounds, I don't get any of those um, safety measures. So I have to hard code all of these edge cases myself. And like I said, it's just impossible for me to consider all of the possible variations of quotes and double quotes and special characters and weird Unicode names and the fact that people can upload tracks from their iTunes libraries and when they do, they may use special emoji or special Unicode signs because I've seen people do this. So... um, you got to go for the 90% of people in this case, and for the 90% of people, it's working correctly. Uh, so I'm happy about that. Um, I ran into many, many limitations of shortcuts and Apple Music when I was putting together this uh, Apple Music wrapped. Uh, most of all, I would like to point out the fact that the Apple Music filters are super buggy and limited. Um, not only do they return different results, slightly different results every time you run them, uh, because they, <laughs> they, uh, if you just ask for 100 items and you say you need to sort them from biggest to smallest, once, once you reach the smallest number, so a song that has only been played once, but the system has 50 songs that have been played once, that song associated with the number one 
it's going to be different every time because the system just randomizes it for some reason. Um, so the, the songs at the bottom of your list may be different every time. But most of all, I'm annoyed by the fact that there's no way in shortcuts to say, um, show me songs whose play count uh, need to be considered within this time period. So things like, I want you to give me 100 songs, sort them from biggest to smallest, but only show me the ones, show me the play counts that um, belong to 2018 or 2017. There is no logic to separate play counts by year. And that is something that, uh, of course, I, I details in the article as a limitation. Uh, but yeah, um, better Apple Music filters, uh, better actions to do sorting and um, cleaning up duplicates. Um, better a better way to manage a long shortcut <laughs> because uh, at 500 actions it becomes impossible. Uh, but overall, I mean, the response from readers has been incredible, and uh, this has gone way beyond what I was expecting. I was like, maybe a few hundred people will like this. Um, turns out it was much, much more than that. So uh, I really want Apple to make this shortcut obsolete because they yeah. really should do a native Apple Music uh, yep. year in review feature. I was worried that they were gonna, because you'd been working on this for so long, and I was so nervous for you that they were gonna yeah. like pop up on New Year's yeah. Eve. With, hey, everyone! <laughs> it's like, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that didn't. <laughs> it's happen. really awesome. Yeah, thank uh, you. It's it's great. I will say that uh, Seniors were my most played band of 2018. Somehow, Strange. I believe you. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you want to find links to all the stuff we talked about this week uh, they're in the podcast app that you're listening to or you can head over to the website relay.fm slash connected slash 225 while you're there you can send us an email there's a link in the sidebar or you can find us all over on twitter mike is i-m-y-k-e mike is the host of a lot of shows here at relay fm you can find Federico at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he is the editor-in-chief at MacStories.net. Uh, if you like Federico's stuff like this, you should join Club Mac Stories and support their work and get a bunch of cool uh, bonus content each and every week. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net. I think our sponsors this week, ExpressVPN, Hover, and Zola. And until our next episode, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.